Hello, you're listening to On Israeli Nal Monitor and I'm Ben Kaspir from uh, Tel Aviv. Almost 20 years ago, during the Palestinian uprising known as uh, the Second Intifada, Israel pioneered the use of mysterious secret weapon, unmanned aircraft, not big and noisy, but weaponized and deadly. These early drones, developed exclusively by Israel's defense industry, played a key role in targeted assassinations of Palestinian terrorists. To ensure secrecy, reports at the time claimed the targeted attacks were carried out by fighter planes or choppers. The UAVs, short for uh, unmanned aerial vehicles, were a strategic weapon making their hesitant forays in the skies. These days, they rule the battlefield and dictate the pace in most warfare arenas. Israel uses them for various missions near and far. The Americans have developed the other sophisticated versions. The Ukrainians use them these days to destroy Russian armored columns from the air with deadly precision and effectiveness. Israel and Iran have been using various uh, versions of UAVs, popularly known as drones, to conduct their low-intensity war in recent years. Israel's fleet is far more advanced and significantly ahead of Iran and other countries in, the regard, in this regard. The drones, also known as remotely piloted vehicles, RPVs, come in different forms and sizes, combat ones designed to drop munitions on targets, so-called suicide drones, designed to explode and cause casualties and destruction, and of course, drones used to gather intelligence and conduct surveillance. To tell us more about this 21st century multi-purpose weapon and its capabilities, we've asked one of Israel's top experts to join us today. Retired Colonel Ofer Kharoubi served more than 20 years ahead, uh, as, I'm sorry, uh, more than 20 years as a pilot in the IAF, last position as the head of the UAV department. After retirement from the IAF, various senior positions in the defense industry, since 2018, is co-founder and chairman of uh, FlightOps, a startup developing an operations system for drones and enabling scalable and profitable commercial uh, applications of drones. Ofer Khaoubi will be joining us right here after this short break. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Hagedorn and I'm the State Department correspondent at El Monitor. And I'm Joe Snell, I'm El Monitor's video editor. Let's admit it, this past year has been difficult to stay on top of the news and sift through what's accurate and what's misleading. Let El Monitor help you. If you care about the Middle East and North Africa, you should consider listening to El Monitor's audio series on the Middle East with Andrew Parasoliti and Amber and Zaman, and on Israel with Ben Caspi. You can now watch our newest video podcast, Reading the Middle East with Gilles Capel. You can subscribe to these series on your favorite podcast platforms. And through a host of free daily and weekly newsletters, we offer a range of perspectives with the highest journalistic standards. You can subscribe to these newsletters at almonitor.com. 
As an award-winning media service headquartered in Washington, D.C., Al Monitor has a network of over 160 contributors around the world. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to visit almonitor.com, where you can find all of these newsletters and podcasts, along with first-class reporting and analysis. I'm happy to welcome here to our podcast on Israel in Al Monitor, uh, Colonel Reserved, Ofer Haruvi. How are you doing, Ofer? And thank you very much for joining us here. Shalom. I'm going great and I'm happy to be here. Okay, <laughs> let's start uh, talking about this uh, pretty complicated uh, issue that we picked and you're an expert in it. Let's start with an overview question. We have absolutely been witnessing a revolution in terms of military air power. The numbers and types of unmanned vehicles are growing and their use is becoming more varied and versatile. Do you see this revolution as being on the scale of historic revolutions that change the face of the battlefield, such as, uh, for example, the invention of the dynamite or the tank, or the fighter jets, or is this simply a tactical development of an existing field of aerial warfare? I really believe UAVs uh, the potential to create a real revolution, but not only in the battlefield. Revolution will be in all areas of our life. I spent most of my career uh, uh, actually promoting that idea. Uh, the revolution in my mind has just started. The operation of UAVs in the battlefield started more than 40 years ago. In each conflict, we can see more and more UAVs. The performance is getting better. They are more integrated in the operation and therefore the impact on the battlefield is uh, recognizable and visible. I, actually, I can't imagine any operation of a mo modern army today without operation of UAVs. What we are witnessing lately is that UAVs are being used by less uh, sophisticated armies and even by irregular, irregular organizations and paramilitary. In addition, UAVs are involved in uh, more and more missions from platforms that were used mainly for support missions, like intelligence, they are becoming uh, main weapon systems, destroying tanks for ground. Uh, but as I said, this is just the beginning of the revolution. Most of these vehicles are not really unmanned. There is a man in the loop. We, we say that they are remotely piloted. The real scale of the revolution is yet to come when these vehicles will become really unmanned, autonomous robots in the air and on the ground. And this will change the battlefield in ways we can't imagine. No, I, I don't. I, uh, <laughs> you, I, I'm starting now to, to fear. Do you, do you, are you saying that, <laughs> that we are going to have and the, the, the drone or the UAV, as you call it, will not be uh, operated from, uh, from uh, far away or remotely operated. 
it will be uh, autonomic as a robot doing whatever uh, we 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 typed in in his in his uh, in his uh, I don't know a computer to do. I think in the future we'll see autonomous robots uh, creating uh, uh, performing real missions in the battlefield. Yes, with intelligence, uh, with artificial intelligence. With artificial intelligence, with uh, uh, holistic uh, uh, capabilities, yes. Listen, offer you know now. Now I'm going back. Uh, you took me back to the to the movies of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I, I guess you know what I mean. When the machines, the war against the the war against the machines. But but you know what? Let's stick with with not with the future, but with the present. And uh, listen, that's what happens. Uh, someone. Put a, a goal and, and technology gets them. That's the way it happens. But can, can't we lose control on it in, in one way or the I other? You, know? you don't I think don't. so? Okay. So before going to the battlefield, I, I want to, as a follow-up question, to ask you, will these vehicles uh, revolutionize civilian fields as well? You, you mentioned it, but do you think in the future that the taxi will be a, a drone, the, the, the deliveries, uh, the transportation, uh, things will, will go from the, from the packed or the jammed streets to the sky uh, in this technique? Certainly, yes. Uh, and the impact uh, will be much more noticeable on our daily life. You mentioned that, look, look at the roads around us. They are hopelessly jammed. It is clear that adding more and more infrastructure cannot be the solution for that. On the other hand, the airspace above us is not used by anybody. Uh, so I, I personally don't see any alternative but to use the sky above us to deliver goods and people. But well, you, you, you may ask, okay, why don't we use manned aircraft to do that? The, the answer is that using manned aircraft is not scalable. Not, every, not everybody can become a pilot. Uh, so the development of autonomous systems is necessary in order for this to be the solution. And Technology, technology uh, uh, to develop autonomous vehicles is there, and the need is there. So I anticipate that pretty soon we'll see uh, autonomous uh, vehicles delivering goods and even people. It will take a little bit more time to deliver people, uh, but uh, I think this is uh, it will it will happen in in our uh, lifetime uh, i think in uh, at least yours years. because i you're younger <laughs> i don't uh, think so by the way but <laughs> I, I think in 5 years we'll start uh, oh because actually the logic says that if we see uh, we're very close to autonomous vehicles on the ground, we're not there yet, by the way, we were sure it will be faster, but, but it will happen. So there is no reason 
it will not happen on the air in the air because it's less crowded uh, more simple you don't need all the regulations you need uh, when you're in a, in, a, in a traffic jam but I want to go back uh, to the to the warfare uh, issue and I want to ask you a complicated question uh, uh, where would you place Israel? in world uh, rankings in terms of its uh, attack and intelligence uh, drone capabilities. As of 2020, 17 countries have armed UAVs and more than 100 countries see UAVs uh, in a military capability, uh, capacity, I'm sorry. Do you see an immediate threat to Israel's edge over its neighbors? and organizations like uh, Hezbollah, for example, once these vehicles are mass produced and become wholly affordable and available. In other words, I ask you about uh, the best known brand of Israel, that it is the Israeli Air Force. Could this trend or uh, of increasingly sophisticated and effective attack drones with their high precision and low cost make make the Air Force as we know it irrelevant. And we see the Houthis from Yemen using these uh, weapons very uh, in, 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 successfully, uh, operated maybe by Iranians, but, but it's a fact. So what, what will uh, be the end with our uh, military or, uh, or the, the edge of uh, the Israeli Air Force that you've been part of? <laughs> okay. That, that... Look, I think the Israeli Air Force and I think the whole Israeli Defense Forces, not only the Air Force, were leaders in, integrated, in integrating UAVs in the battlefield. And as we used to say, being leader is committing. So in order to maintain leadership, we need to continue and invest in doing what we are doing best. And as we mentioned before, there are still yet a long way to go involving unmanned platforms in more missions, uh, adapting new concept of operation, improving capabilities, improving autonomy. Uh, so I think what we need to do in order to maintain leadership is continue doing all of those things uh, and that will maintain uh, the gap that we have from other forces. Of course, at the same time, and this is very important, we need to think uh, of ways uh, to protect our forces from uh, other forces uh, operating UAVs. So, I don't, I don't see a threat on uh, the position uh, of the Israeli Defense Forces uh, in that matter. And by the way, I think we, we did not talk about it, but I think that even in the interception field, uh, what you just said, the, the protection against uh, cruise missiles, rockets, and drones, and UAVs, Israel is also the leader, even the world leader. We just uh, heard and I had some uh, very interesting conversations lately that the laser uh, system that we are inventing right now will also be the first one that will be operational 
And as you probably know better than I do, laser is a, is a lot more sophisticated, cheap and lethal than Iron Dome and, and everything. But I want to go on and let's talk about interceptions. As I said, from what we know so far, drones enjoy an advantage uh, stemming uh, from their weak points. They are small and slow, making them uh, less uh, vulnerable uh, to interception systems such as Iron Dome, the aero missile or, or even jet fighters. Do you think an effective response will soon be found to meet this threat, which provides uh, even small uh, terrorist organizations with potentially lethal power? I just said what I think about it, but it's more important <laughs> to, to hear what you think because the expert is you, no, no doubt. Uh, you, you, you. You started uh, mentioning the, the, uh, the answer even in your question. Yes. Drones and UAVs, uh, especially the cheaper ones and the simple ones are very vulnerable. Uh, it's not just that they are slow, they, they are not uh, sophisticated machines. So, uh, using uh, Iron Drone and, and uh, the other systems that uh, you mentioned, those systems were developed to intercept very uh, uh, high, fast-moving uh, targets. This is much more challenging uh, and needs much more sophisticated technology. Uh, we can't use those systems to intercept drones because they are slow uh, and they are small, but uh, since they are very vulnerable, uh, I believe that once uh, drones are recognized as a, a threat and the industry is challenged to find a solution, uh, it won't take long uh, until we uh, will see solutions and not only one. So uh, I mentioned the laser, it was published, even Prime Minister of Israel, Fali Bennett said, I think he was too, uh, too optimistic, it will not happen within one year, but I think in, uh, within two or three years, we'll be able to see the first laser systems and then we, maybe then we'll talk again. Do you see somewhere down the line, manned aircraft disappearing from modern arsenals? And I know it's delicate because you're a pilot. So let's let's imagine no no your friends are not listening now. <laughs> okay, uh, first of all, I, I'd like to uh, ask all pilots to relax. <laughs> uh, there is no threat on, on our profession. Uh, look, the, the fifth, uh, what we call the fifth generation fi fighter, is the F thirty five. It is just making its first steps uh, as an operational platform. Uh, F-35, learning from past experience, uh, any generation lasts at least 40 to 50 years. So F-35 will be with us at least for the next 40 years. Uh, I don't know about the next generation of fighters. Maybe it will be unmanned, I'm not sure. Uh, but even if it, it will be a man, uh, it will start its first operational steps in more than 20 or 30 years from now. So pilots, there's nothing to worry about. 
they will be with us uh, at least for the next 50 years. I do think that uh, the number of uh, fighters will reduce significantly and uh, we'll see a lot of unmanned vehicles taking missions that uh, historically were performed by, by uh, manned aircraft. So the number will, will, will decrease, but the, the, there will still be uh, uh, fighters and manned aircraft. Uh, and we are talking about uh, not only not only uh, fighter pilots. I even you know, do you see? Do you imagine a, 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 an Airbus or a Boeing seven 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 taking off without pilots? One day. Uh, in the future, yes. Uh, I don't think it will happen in the next ten years, but uh, uh, maybe in twenty years we'll see uh, autonomous. Uh, flights of uh, commercial aircraft. Okay. Um, and actually, most of the technology to uh, enable uh, uh, autonomous flight is there on those aircrafts. Uh, but uh, it will take a lot of time for public acceptance, for regulation, yeah. and, and uh, other issues in order to uh, enable that. We were talking about automatic pilot for a, the, maybe 20, 30 years now. Uh, I wanted to ask you in, in a futuristic scenario, with masses of drones crossing the skies to deliver everything from pizza to military intelligence, will this field uh, require regulation to prevent crashes and collisions like we have uh, on, the, on the ground? Actually, you... This is a, a real challenge, uh, and that challenge is well recognized uh, and dealt with uh, by a lot of uh, uh, professionals and regulators. Uh, there is a lot of work being done uh, in the United States, in Europe, and even in Israel uh, to enable a coordinated uh, traffic of unmanned vehicles in the civilian airspace. In the USA, it is called UTM, Unmanned Traffic Management. Uh, in Europe, it is called U-Space. Uh, actually, Israel is taking a, a leading position in that subject. And in the last year, we are performing a, a, an ongoing experiment led by Alon Highways uh, involving a Ministry of Transportation transportation, civil authority, civil aviation authority, the innovation authority, and a lot of drone companies. We are performing coordinated drone flights over different cities in Israel. I don't know if you know that. We are flying over Tel Aviv, Hadera, Be'er Sheva, and more cities. If you are over Oda Sharon, please uh, wave your the wings and I will uh, answer you. Okay, I'll try to do that. I think this is the most advanced experiment in the world performing coordinated drone flights over urban area, and it's positioned the Israeli industry in the front of, uh, of doing that. What role do you, do you think? I want to, to uh, uh, now to ask you one or two uh, relevant and actual uh, questions, and I want to ask you what role do you think? these drones or UAVs or unmanned vehicles uh, 
are playing in the war in Ukraine. Could they be a game changer in this type of war in which a relatively small army with limited capabilities as to contend with a major power and a line of 64 kilometers of heavy armored vehicles of the Russians. And we see, and I'm sure you see more than I do, the, the, the videos that uh, small drones, uh, probably from uh, Turkey, are stopping the, the, the superpower like Russia. Yeah. Uh, I think in, in Ukraine, both sides are operating. Uh, if we focus on the Ukraine side, they are operating, uh, as you mentioned, Turkish drone with uh, surveillance uh, and attack capabilities. I, I'm very impressed from uh, their accomplishments. Uh, from what? Very, I, I didn't hear it. I, I'm very impressed uh, with their accomplishments. Okay. Uh, it's very impressive. Uh, and I see, uh, I see this as part of the trend that we already uh, talked about to integrate UAVs in the battlefield by, by any army uh, in the world today. Uh, you are asking me if this is uh, uh, something that uh, uh, we need to learn something from. I, I think the main thing is what we mentioned about how to defend your forces, because th this is amazing that the Russian are doing nothing to defend the forces from uh, operation of UAVs by the Ukraine side. And, and I think this is the main lesson we need to learn from that. Uh, I, I don't think that uh, you can imagine uh, uh, the, the next generation battlefield without uh, uh, having any means of defense from UAVs. It's actually amazing that the Russians are not ready and not prepared for this. Uh, they, they, they caught by surprise and they have no answer to these drones. But finally, I want to ask you, uh, Ofer Heruti, Israel is a serious competition uh, uh, these days in, the, in this field. The Chinese, the Iranians, the Turks are all developing such craft and some of them are less uh, bound by export uh, regulations and controls. Could this affect Israel with the, which, uh, places, which places strict export controls on its weapons uh, sales? Does this competition endanger Israel's edge? After all, the Iranians have proven highly skilled at using attack UAVs, crippling Saudi oil installations and even uh, sending drones last month to explode over Israel. Luckily, they were intercepted, intercepted uh, in time. Look, the, the Israeli UAV industry was a market leader uh, and its strength is important to maintain uh, the IDF superiority. Uh, in the past few years, as you mentioned, we see that a lot of countries uh, they are not only developing UAVs, they are defining the UAV industry uh, as a growth engine for the economy. And they are developing all types of UAVs. Uh, so uh, the lack of export control on their side 
and a very strict export control on the Israeli industry, put the industry in an impossible situation, I think. One can understand the need to restrict distribution of sophisticated technologies and to avoid it from being used by undesired forces. But once those restrictions are imposed only on the Israeli industry, they have no effect and it is just weakening the Israeli industry competence. Add to that what we have said on the commercial use of those restrictions are limiting the capability of the Israeli drone industry to fulfill its potential uh, on the, uh, in the commercial market as well. So I think we, we need to reconsider. Uh, I guess uh, the people that are relevant will reconsider, but it, uh, it was very interesting. And for me, and I think for our listeners as well, uh, Colonel Retired Offer uh, Haruvi, thank you very much for this conversation. Thank you very much and shalom. Uh, we'll come back uh, after this short break with some final thoughts. Toda Offer. Hello, I'm uh, Gilles Kepel, professor at uh, Sciences Po and the Normal Soup in Paris and author of a number of uh, books and articles on the Middle East. Through my new podcast, Reading the Middle East on the award-winning media service and monitor, we will take a deep dive into the trends in the region with the authors and thought leaders who are shaping how we think about the Middle East. Reading the Middle East will be a fantastic addition to Almonitor's outstanding podcast lineup, including On the Middle East with Andrew Paraziliti and Amber Inzaman, and On Israel with Ben Kaspit. You can subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. We look forward to your joining our conversation. Thank you for staying with us. Retired or reserved Colonel Ofer Khamovi uh, spoke about uh, the war in Europe, uh, especially about uh, the use uh, of drones and UAVs by both sides. He said that uh, the Russians and the Ukrainians are using uh, uh, these tools, but he is uh, especially impressed from the accomplishments of the Ukrainians that are using uh, drones that uh, were manufactured in Turkey and are able to uh, to hurt the, the armored uh, columns of the Russian army and uh, the skills of the Ukra Ukrainians uh, are very, very high and he, he was very impressed and surprised by it. Speaking about drones, uh, he said that uh, unlike my question, the drones and UAVs are very uh, vulnerable uh, for uh, all kinds of uh, interceptions, unlike uh, rockets and, and uh, missiles. Uh, the drones are very slow, so it's a lot easier to hit them. And he assumes that uh, in the very near future, many, many countries, including Israel, will have a, a, a vast arsenal of, of uh, answers to this uh, threat. And we also spoke about the laser uh, system that Israel is uh, working on right now, etc. 
I asked him an intriguing question about uh, if he sees a future where uh, we will not need any more pilots, not in the in commercial areas or uh, in fighter uh, planes. And he said something like, all pilots relax, no threat on our profession right now. The F-35, for example, uh, is uh, the fifth generation of uh, fighter uh, planes. And it only began, and it will take between 40 to 50 years this fifth generation to be over. So in the next generation or two, we will still have many pilots, although the number of pilots of pilots will be reduced within the years. We can maybe worry for 50 years from now. But he also said that very soon, uh, aerial transportation will be vastly changed uh, and um, more and more uh, un UAVs or drones will be used. By the way, uh, in the future, it will not be remotely piloted drones, but AI, artificial intelligence uh, drones that will not need a guide to, uh, to, uh, to uh, operate them from uh, from far away, and uh, we will find most of the, commer of the commerce and the packages and pizzas will be uh, delivered in this way. He is not worried uh, of, the, of the qualitative edge of Israel and Israeli Air Force in this field. Uh, Ofer Horowitz said that Israel is a leading force and it will have to go on, invest, and lead. Uh, uh, in this area, and uh, Israel is capable of doing it, and it should also worry about all the time about ways to protect the, the Israeli ground forces from the same threat. And it's all possible, and, uh, and he is confident that uh, the, the Israeli Air Force qualitative edge will, is not in danger. One thing that uh, makes him worry is the, the export control rules in Israel that are very strict, uh, uh, while in other states like Iran, China, and Turkey, there are no export controls. So uh, the Israeli industry that we have to say uh, is a part of can, uh, can be in danger in this, uh, in this uh, area. And he also said, and then I forgot to mention it, that he's amazed from the, from the fact that the Russians are not uh, capable to protect their forces from the, the Ukrainian drones. This is a huge strategic mistake by the Russians, and actually they are paying for it. Hope you found it interesting, and as usual, uh, we hope to uh, see you here next week, next uh, time, next place, on Israel in Almonitor, Ryan Benfield from Tel Aviv. Take care, bye-bye.